Opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Good morning and welcome to Beyond the Business on News Radio 94.3 WSC. Each Saturday morning at 7.30, successful business leaders and entrepreneurs from across the low country talk about what it takes to succeed in business and in life now your hosts of beyond the business eric cox and leslie haywood and great saturday morning to you low country welcome to another edition of beyond the business heard exclusively here on 94.3 wsc every saturday morning from 7 30 to 8 thank you for getting up early and listen to this uh, show and our wonderful guest i'm one of your hosts eric cox here with the wonderful Leslie Haywood, as usual. Good morning, Leslie. Good morning. Thank you so much, Low Country, for sharing your morning with us. And make sure to continue the fun beyond Saturday mornings and make sure to follow us on our Facebook page at Beyond the Business and also on Twitter at BTBCHS. Two Be- things I want to jump in with, by the way. Oh, get in there. One is, can I tell you how much fun I enjoy every Saturday morning getting to hang out with you? <laughs> it's a blast. So what thank do you, you want? Just thank you. Yeah. I just want to say thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I'll let you know later what I want. Yes, for exactly. Today, There's you. a catch. There's a catch. And secondly, in case uh, our listeners missed any of these wonderful shows that oh, we've man. had, uh, certainly now going into almost our fourth year of doing this show, uh, we have the last 20 or so shows uh, podcasted. So you can go to our website at coastalwm.com and look at the top right-hand corner. You'll see a icon for radio. Click on that. And you're he'll hear uh, again the last twenty or so guests that we had, including our guest from last week, who's back this morning, Mr. Al Esty. Uh, Al, thanks for coming back and joining us for round two. Yeah, uh, glad to be here. We glad. didn't run you off. Nope, nope, no. And I, I know. And those, in case you missed it, we started out with a bang last week. Um, uh, Al, that was wonderful for you to open up so early and right off, right out of the gate about talking about how your childhood was um, less than typical, and that you were really, truly abandoned and just walking down the streets of Charleston at two years old in a diaper. And um, the you don't hear those stories a lot, and especially in today's day and age, that doesn't happen. But for you to grow up in a non-traditional household in downtown Charleston and um, live with, like you talked about a little bit about the stigma and um, how you always knew that something wasn't right and that maybe you weren't normal in that. We'll get into how that carried with you uh, regarding emotional education for young people today and how people's upbringing can really be affected by things like that. But you've done very, very well for yourself. And I can't wait to talk more about that because we left off on sort of a, on a you know bankruptcy and the, we were on the, the sky cliff, was right? falling we were on the cliff, and, yeah so, uh, what are what are some of the things about last week for you eric well certainly i can reiterate uh, as you said coming out of the gate just telling the story al of of your upbringing um but at the same time hearing throughout the show last week how that same upbringing fueled the fire for you to be successful um so i really enjoyed that you know you talked about um as well in the real estate world, being a developer and doing so many projects, both in single family homes and multifamily homes, and then getting into some office complexes. Um, you, you mentioned the fact that in the mid eighties, you know, you ran into some trouble and the reason was being careful not to have or utilize too much leverage. And I think that was a great point that you brought out, particularly for those who are, you know, are in that space here in Charleston today where we're on fire and everything's going great and nothing right. can seem to go wrong. And, um, 
you know, you got to experience it. But at the same time, you were able to rely on great relationships that you built to help you rebound and get back in the game. So uh, to me, those were some great takeaways. Yes, yes, yes. And I can't wait to see how this story ends because you seem like you've, you've got it all together. But where, when we left you, when we left you, you were, you know, trying to pick up the pieces. So let's go back to where we were last week. And um, you said that in uh, 1986 that there were some tax changes with the Reagan tax laws that really pulled the rug out from under your current strategy and you had to adapt. So let's pick up right right where we left off. Well, it was probably one of the hardest experiences of my life because to build a looking at building a business uh, when you're going forward and progressing is is somewhat easy Um, unless you've tried to dismantle or uh, bring a company, contract a company down in size that that is really difficult. Because then employees know, and they're not giving you 100% because they know, hey, it's just a matter of time. So that was probably one of the toughest things I'd ever experienced. Um, having gone through a bankruptcy, um, one of the biggest things that for me to talk about would be um, being totally open and totally honest about what the circumstances were. And so when I went to uh, my banker friends and my investor friends and, and, and personal friends, um, um, they, they understood and so, yes, I, I had um, I had now a mark on my record, if you will. I, I couldn't really get credit um, like I had in the past. And so I began to put um, uh, p- uh, partnerships together uh, where other people uh, believed in me, believed in what I was doing. And I really didn't change anything because what I what I had done in the past in terms of success in real estate um, I really didn't miss a beat. Nothing had changed other than reevaluating where is the market now. And, of course, maybe a lot of people don't remember that time, but you had many, many across the country. You had many businesses uh, going bankrupt. As a matter of fact, you had banks folding, closing the doors. And at that time, the government uh, developed a, a resolution trust corporation, RTC, that was taking over banks. So it was a, it was a truly a mess um, back in, in that 1989, 1990 range. Um, so we've had so, messes before 08. See, I wasn't in the game back then. So we've done we've done this before. Yeah, and we're gonna and we'll talk about the yeah, 2007, yeah. 2008 because yeah. that's interesting because things were different uh, for it's me. Still in, a mess, in, in, but, it's still a mess, but <laughs> but different for me. Um, <clears throat> I learned something, I think. Oh, but uh, but back at that time, you know, I I put these partnerships together, and what we did is we. We looked at the market, and I made recommendations to buy properties and land and what have you at discounted rates because now everything had de- had devalued some 30% to 35% in the marketplace. So these investors, I was able to convince them that this is a good buy. Let me manage it. Let me buy it and give me a little percentage, et cetera. So I was able to, to be successful again with the investors, making them money, and making me a little bit of money, and so with a, maybe eight to nine years, one of my one of my partners, um, who is still one of my dearest closest friends, um, he and I still own some some real estate together. Um, we sat down one day, and I said, um, Steve, um, I um, I'm doing all the work, and you're making most of the money. Something's wrong with this picture. And at that point in time, I had I had built myself back up to where I was I was able to go to the banks. And, and they saw the results and what have you. But anyway, Steve was so gracious, and and uh, and we worked out a deal. 
And, uh, and like I said, we're still friends today. But at, so my new company started up at, at that point in time. And, um, and then new projects, a lot of new projects, a lot of things happened uh, um, on my way. And the difference was is that the projects I put together, I was always aware and cognizant of, of the risk, always planning what if this happens or what if that happens. And my goal was to get more and more liquid so that whenever I did any particular kinds of deals, I would, I would try to put money aside or invest that money in something that was liquid and continue to build and continue to build my asset base, um, which leads me up from there to 2007, 2008. I actually had done well enough by 2000, the year 2000, that I was able to retire. Um, and so I was still still doing a little bit of real estate stuff with my son, and my son had taken over my building operations. And I think everybody knows what happened in 2006 or seven thereabouts. Um, my son ran into the same kind of issue that I had done. It was like deja vu. And, um, and we'll chuckle about it a little bit now, but, you know, I, I said, I told him, be careful. And, and he knew, he knew more than dad. Oh, <laughs> and, no. uh, and so, you know, it happened. And, and that's the thing about the real estate and construction, but maybe other businesses as well, that you really have to be prepared for any eventuality. And nine times out of 10, you don't realize how fast things can turn. Right. And how fast they can go in the other direction. But fortunately for me, and what I had learned from my bankruptcy years earlier, I was in great position uh, liquidity-wise and asset-wise. I had had little and no debt. So it was— So that old saying of uh, cash is, is king. king still lives, huh? It still lives. Cash is king. Absolutely. So your son basically—his problem was leverage, right? That's right. He made the exact same mistake. He, God— Kids don't listen to their parents. <laughs> to this sorry, day. mom. Yeah, sorry. Well, let me say this as we lead forward: that looking back, intertwined in all of those parts of our lives, intertwined in all of those decisions, is an emotional element, and I think that's the thing that I'm now after moving from an active real estate construction business being pretty much retired from that, although I'm still making a few investments and, you know, what have you. Um, and I'm actually counseling a couple of young builders who have come to me. But um, I think having, having gone through this, I'm now really interested in raising the awareness of how our emotions play into our decision-making. And I can see it clearly now. You know, the, the old saying, 2020, uh, hindsight, uh, hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, it, it's 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 so much in my mind now today that uh, picking up the paper, um, article after article, I, I see the 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 what I would call a dysfunction. But I, I see the mess we're in. I see the social situations we're in today, and and what happens to be a problem is there's still a social stigmatism about looking inside at your emotions and sharing those emotions with another person. We're becoming more and more inclined to use the iPhone and the social media where we're not talking eye, eye to eye. We're not having personal relations. We're not looking at the facial expressions. 
we're, we're just basically going through the motions. So um, you'll, you'll read articles, I'm sure you have, that, that um, all of a sudden we got an epidemic in drug overdoses. Now now we, we read that we have, a, um, we have a problem with iPhones, really. Um, I mean, there's, there's so many obvious things that are going wrong, and yet what I don't see is us lifting up what's really at the bottom of all of this, and that's the inability for us to navigate our emotional system and ask ourselves why we're doing this or why we need to do this. Why did we make that decision? And I think that is something we can learn, and it's not being taught. I don't think you guys ever got that in school. I never got it in my education. So one of the neat things that's happened, um, a year and a half ago I started getting involved with this area, and we uh, have a pilot program that's been started in uh, four or five schools through communities and schools, wonderful organization um, that I didn't even know existed. But anyway, they have been very active in in helping uh, start this program in several schools. It's an emotional education program for four- and five-year-olds, which will then lead to six and seven and eight and right on up as we as we progress through it. And this is exciting because now these kids are able to learn how to talk to each other, how, why they feel a certain way. And it may sound simple, but it's, it's huge. Um, we've got to, we're all in relationships with each other. And so I think that what we need to do is to learn how to communicate honestly and to be able to get in touch with our true feelings. Uh, it, it makes a huge difference. So that's my, that's my passion today is to try to promote um, uh, and hopefully form an organization that will actually begin to market, and I use that word in a business sense, to market this idea that emotional health is greatly of benefit to you as an individual and as a family, that, that that's something that we're missing. We have a family doctor for physical needs. We've accepted that, but we are not ready to accept, do you have a family therapist? Uh, have you talked to somebody about this? Um, so that's my that's my thing is trying to promote uh, that issue. And there's a lot of uh, intelligent uh, people out there that are that are out out there, uh, but I don't see anybody organizing it in in a, in a kind of a national way. I was struck um, recently by the Surgeon General's um, announcement that uh, we have a drug epidemic, and um, and it took took me back in time 50 years ago to when the Surgeon General, which was the last announcement I had remembered seeing, that we had a, we had a problem with cigarettes. And so to show you just how intelligent we as, as a human race is, um, doctors, lawyers, as a matter of fact, I go into doctors often, there was an ashtray there. Uh, uh, Hollywood stars, they all smoke, you know. So we were sold. We, we learned how to smoke cigarettes. And all of a sudden, this national awareness became uh, uh, came to us to said, guess what? It'll kill you. So, you know, I, I, I see emotional wellness kind of the same way. If we will look at it from a national standpoint and own it and understand that rather than hide and keep it a secret and don't look at it's your faults and don't be honest with yourself, instead of hiding it, we need to convey it. We need to talk about it. We need to bring it on the surface. And we need to have some regularity about it. So recently... Um, and, and I've been involved with so many groups, wonderful organizations, uh, Wings for Kids, A Promise Neighborhood, uh, New Leaf, uh, Yes Carolina. There's so many organizations doing good things. 
But this one element just seems to be not at the forefront. It, 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 you, you get some benefits, like Yes, Carolina, you, you get some positive things with that entrepreneurship program. But this is one thing that I think that if we could all understand how important this is, then I think that it will raise the uh, awareness to the point that, that positive things will begin to happen. I think that one of the programs I uh, just came out is from Yale University, and it's called the RULA program. And they've studied this, and you can actually find this on Google and look under emotional intelligence, and you'll see you'll pull down a 22-page um, uh, report on what they have concluded that is necessary for our school systems to incorporate and mandate emotional education. And so I, I am I am fully behind that as well as some other programs. But it's still it's just it's just starting. It's just happening. So I'm hoping that I can do something to help promote and and increase its its availability. And it's intriguing now that you um you speak so elo- eloquently about this problem that's out there and the the aspect of you trying to develop uh, organizations to address it at an early age, which is a great place to catch it. But as you're speaking, I'm thinking about, you know, entrepreneurs. This is a show of business and entrepreneurship and leadership. And how many folks in that role struggle uh, because of the pressures and the stresses and the bankruptcies and the challenges and the ups and the downs uh, whether it's firing people or going through an economic decline. And as a leader and an entrepreneur, you're expected to just internalize that, plow through it, and everything should be normal going on. And so um, you know, that, I think, opens up a whole another level of conversation around as community leaders and uh, owners of businesses, how do you uh, have the opportunity to vet out what's really going on in your head as you struggle with so many challenging elements of running an organization? Well, I, I think it, it can be it can be overwhelming. As a matter of fact, I've found myself many times uh, kind of feeling that way. It's, uh, but isn't it a, a, a stigma that seems like, hey, because you run that business or you're that leader, you should be able to just handle it? You should it. have your stuff together. You should, inter- you should just handle it and get through it. When reality, we're all humans. Well, I'm gonna just, I don't want to go there with, with, the, with our president, but, but from the president on down, when when we look at politics, when we look at, e- at teachers, when we look at all aspects of life, this issue should not be stigmatized. It should not be carried by any individual to say, you know, I got a I got a problem. I can't talk about it. I think we're all uh, subject to this. And as a matter of fact, that's that's part of the learning experience. Is it just like we all have to eat to live? We all have an emotional system, and so. If we don't talk about it, if we don't learn how it actually functions, and and I say to people, well, if you once and you read the papers all the time, when things get bad enough, then you go seek somebody to help you, right? And say, well, I, I got, I, I'm, I'm, I'm about to shoot myself or I'm whatever, and I got to see somebody. Well, when it gets to that point, um, it, it's kind of like you, you, you've missed it. You, you've missed the, the education part of it. So I think that we can. We can start early by letting people know that that just like a physical prevention program, like exercise and eating right, which we've done a lot of exposure there. We, we've learned a lot. We know a lot about what, what to eat and that we need to exercise. But the, but that area of, of, of nurturing and being aware of our how our emotional 
system works is something that is that everyone should know, whether it be business leaders, whether it be, you know, employees. It doesn't make any difference. Um, when we when we talk about our physicality, we have no problems. And I don't understand how my heart or this or that we go to we go to professional and, and we, we get enlightened on that. Um, people don't understand that that emotional awareness is prevention for other things to go wrong. Like I said, if you look back at what I said in my life, and I see so many, so many times, had I had some education in my emotional system, had I been able to, to navigate my emotions, things could have been, I could have saved a lot of grief for myself and for my family. I'm, I'm convinced of that. And not that we have a perfect world, but I think we can do a whole lot better in, in giving resources to, to individuals and families so that they can have a happier um, condition in their family and in their life. So, you know, I, I think it's, it's, I'm not sure as I sit here, I've got the same pressures of trying to get an organization started, which is interesting as when I go all the way back is how do I get this organization started um, and yet be balanced in my emotional awareness. Um, and I'm just taking it one day at a time and, and being here and possibly someone that, who listens to your program, I say, Hey, Al, I believe in that too. I got an idea. Uh, when you so speak, on that point, Al, if yes. somebody is listening and has an idea, right? How do they reach you? Absolutely, I am available all the time at eight four three five one four four zero six six. That's my cell number. I'm also can be. Uh, you can email me at uh, a e s t e e at aol dot com. It's amazing how, uh, as an entrepreneur, you just can't get it out of your blood. It's just something. So you have this. This is your next idea. And I have a feeling that in the next couple of years, we will have you back again. And you will be the founder and CEO of XYZ Organization, who who is a champion for emotional health and well-being for our children. And I just can't wait to see where this next chapter of your life I leads hope you're you. right. I really hope you're right. <laughs> well, I, you have come, you have risen from the ashes of several different um, challenges and failures. So I have no doubt that this is this is just a little hurdle. I know that you're going to figure it out and be emotionally healthy doing it. Absolutely. So, <laughs> yeah, right, right. And you know, if, if you missed uh, last week's show or maybe even early on this week's show, Al, if you go back into your history, you've spent many, many years in Charleston as a developer. Uh, in real estate, both on the residential side, commercial side, um, you know, where we sit today, um, you know, it's the, the, the numbers are amazing when you look at the prices of homes and where everything is and the cost per square foot. And go back to, you know, when you first began uh, in Charleston in the development business to where we are today and just give us a, an insight on what you see from the lens of Al Esty. You mean as it relates to business today? To, 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 the, to really the, the the valuation of properties and where oh, we in, are in, in, in Charleston and how all this has transpired. Well, I often think sometimes had I had I had these conditions back uh, when I was active, uh, man, I would be in hog heaven. <laughs> I mean, I, I think you got some just some absolutely uh, wonderful opportunities, uh, 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 but again. Being prudent about business is that we've got to, as, as I met with a real estate professional the other day, he said, you know, today you still have to do your homework. 
you need to do some research and you need to know what product at what price range, et cetera, et cetera, so that you know going in what your market's going to be. That that hasn't changed. I think the the risk is that people feel like that things are so good they can just buy a house and 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 it'll flip flip and and that's kind of what led us into mm-hmm. a problem back in two thousand seven and two thousand eight. Right. So I think hopefully we've learned a little bit a, a little bit from the past, but I but I think that it, nothing's really changed in in terms of of the opportunities. The opportunities are there. Um, I mean, in all kind of areas. Now, Leslie, I know you like to do lightning round. Do you have one prepared for us today? Or you, I do. I do. I, like it. I got I like a lightning it. round. So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. Again, this is all about getting to know you. The, the person that maybe Al doesn't, you know, the people that don't really know Al from a personal standpoint. So let me let me rattle off some quick questions. Um, the best book you ever read? Well, I'd have to say uh, um, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. The most influential person in your life? No. The most influential? Oh, you mean, you ask him. No, me, I'm me. asking you. Oh, yep, no next question, question. Jesus Christ. Yes. Uh, very That's good. That's the most influential person most, in my life. Very good. Um, the thing you are most proud of as you sit here today? Mm, wow. That's, um, boy, she's, that's she's a tough, tough one. She? I, I told know. you. Wow. Tough, I'm the easy one on the show. Proud <laughs> wow. I, 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 you know, I, um, I'd say that I spent... Over 20 years now, which I didn't mention to you, but when I finished my, when I was going through my bankruptcy and, come, and coming out, I got involved with a spiritual program called Via de Cristo, which is a Lutheran a version of um, Altrea. And it is, a, it is a spiritual weekend for men as well as women. And um, I served on the board mm-hmm. for that organization. And um, that was Earth. It was like life changing. I, mean, I saw, I saw people. I saw people's lives change, and Wonderful. it don't get any better than that to see somebody's lives change. Wonderful. I thought a close second of that was going to be how well you shag, because I know you're a shagger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The story is out. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. The I truth didn't know. is, is he out. A shagger? Yeah, I mean, I've seen really, some pictures. I, actually, they tell me. Listen, they tell me I'm I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good shagger. <laughs> That's awesome. But I do love. I do love to shag. I've been shagging since I was a teenager, <laughs> and continue continue to shag. We have a great time. But I've got to put a plug in for East Co- East uh, Shore. Yes. Um, not East Shore. Um, East Cup uh, Shag, Shag Club. Club. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Shout we out. Meet, we meet all the time and, and a lot of people, a lot of members, and uh, we have a great time. Well, unfortunately, we are out of time, but that is great info to leave us with. Thank yes. you, Mr. Al Esty. Again, longtime developer here in the Charleston community and philanthropist for sharing your story, your wisdom, and thank you for what you're going to do for the future of this community. Thank you for having me. And make sure and follow us. If you have any questions and want to get a hold of Al, contact us on our Facebook page at Beyond the Business, and we will make sure to get you in touch with Al. And also you can follow us on Twitter at BTBCHS. And until next Saturday morning at 730, Charleston, have a blessed week. And thanks again for taking the time to tune in to Beyond the Business. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Business on News Radio 94.3 WSC. Tune in next Saturday morning at 730 for Beyond the Business, hosted by Eric Cox and Leslie Haywood, and heard exclusively on News Radio 943 WSC.